Well, we start in Ukraine, which has announced more successes in its counteroffensive against Russian positions. The operations of the past two weeks have focused in the southeast of the country, specifically in the Donetsk and Saporizhia regions. In Donetsk, Ukraine has been pushing on the flanks around Bakhmut and, as was announced last week, they've also been making progress, taking a number of small villages south of Velka Zoviska. Officials say Ukraine is working on attacking lines in the directions of Berdyansk and also Melitopol and have taken further ground, including the village of Plataya Hatki in Zaporizhia, heading towards the Russian-occupied town of Tokmak. A BBC team joined a Ukrainian army brigade as they sought to push eastwards beyond the recently regained village of Blahodatny. Our correspondent Quentin Somerville reports near Blahodatny. On a hot day east of Blahodatny, the Ukrainian attack begins. air thickens with artillery and expectation. Ukrainian guns pound the Russian positions and their enemy soon responds. But it's a miss. Yuri of the drone unit can't wait for the shelling to stop. The drones he's sending to enemy trenches carry grenades and smoke bombs. They lose as many as five of these a day. And there's more than just artillery to contend with. The Russian helicopters and Russian jets uh, fire every, every, uh, every day, every time. Go to shelter. Okay. Well, good luck. I just illustrated that point very well, that one of the big advantages that the Russians have over the Ukrainians is air power. The Ukrainians are attacking on the ground, but the Russians still have helicopters, still have warplanes. It makes it much more difficult for them to advance. joins me now from Dnipro. Quentin, welcome to you. What's your assessment of what we're seeing right now? Is this the main offensive or do you think these are more like probing attacks? I think the main offensive is still some way away. Um, that little section that you just played, we were on a tiny, one tiny part of the front south of Velika Novoselka outside the uh, village of Blahadatny. And the Ukrainians that day were successful. They were attacking some Russian trenches, laying down smoke grenades. Uh, their infantry vehicles, armoured infantry vehicles, were crossing minefields and attacking those Russian positions. It was a win for them that day, but very, very small in the grand scheme of things. And when we were on the ground there, we got a real sense of the fierceness of the fighting. We saw lots of Russian corpses, uh, a number of destroyed Ukrainian-American built armoured vehicles, and the Ukrainian troops we spoke to said that they'd taken a lot of casualties too. Really what Ukraine's attempting at the moment is it's, it has a number of these points where it's attacking Russian positions, as you mentioned in your introduction, in the east, in the southeast, 
and a bit further along and they are making some progress but it, but it's very slow going what they're trying to do is stretch russian resources stretch russian manpower and weaponry and then when they see a gap we might then see that main force that's being held in reserve at the moment those british challenger tanks etc etc join the battle and try and exploit any weakness that they find but that could still be many weeks if not months away and quentin you were embedded there with the ukrainian army brigade weren't you to get access how much of a balanced picture do you feel you're actually getting when you're in that kind of situation, when you're embedded with soldiers, Ukrainian soldiers? I think uh, whether you're embedded with Ukrainian soldiers, Afghan soldiers, uh, if you're in Syria or Iraq, you always have to take a step back because you're always looking at a very, very small, a postage stamp part of the picture, really. Um, and it's impossible to extrapolate how an offensive is going, how a war is going for that. So you always have to, to, to bear that in mind. Of course, we can get uh, access to the, to the Russian uh, positions, but we constantly look at the, the big picture and reporting and social media, telegram, etc., for updates from the alternative point of view, uh, how the Russians are viewing how the offensive is going. But it's really invaluable and very rare too to be able to spend time on the ground in the trenches while an assault is going on in the midst of this massive counter-offensive. Counter uh, Quentin, analysts say, of course, what will determine the outcome of this war is which side can keep going the longest. And with that in mind, what are you seeing on the ground about the equipment that's available and what's coming through? Not just who can keep going the longest, really, in this counter-offensive, it's, it's also about who can go the fastest. Can the Ukrainians build a momentum that allows them to, when they find that Russian weakness, to be able to exploit it? Because remember, let's try and remember what they're doing. In the south of the country, Russian troops have occupied a large area, a land bridge, and Ukrainian forces are trying to get down there and split those Russian forces so that they can get closer to the Sea of Azov and, and uh, to... Uh, Crimea. Uh, in terms of uh, weaponry, in terms of kit, as I mentioned earlier, we saw a number of destroyed uh, US-built mine-resistant armoured vehicles, uh, which the infantry used to attack. The Russians were, uh, had taken them out and were still, while we were there, dropping grenades on them from drones. We were warned, don't spend any time near them, the Russians are still hitting them. But what we haven't seen is what's being kept behind. There's still a huge amount of armour. There's British Challenger tank, the Chat tanks, the Leopard tanks from Germany, much, much more that's being held in reserve. One of the things that the Ukrainians constantly say, though, is this battle would be a lot easier if the F-16s aircraft that they've been promised had arrived in time for this offensive, because whereas the Russians have plenty of air power, they have barely none. OK, Quentin, thank you very much for your analysis. Good to see you there from Dnipro. Thank you.